Dr. Lisa gives a shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How are you doing? It's a really, really gorgeous day outside. A great day for uh, Donald Trump to cancel the uh, North Korean Kim Jong-un party. Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I just, you know, it's not good. It's not good. But are we really surprised? Let let me tell you, uh, thanks a lot for listening. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is an amazing radio station. We have like over 65 shows. And uh, you should go to our website. Uh, go to www.radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Give us some money. And also download our app because we have so many great shows. And like if you download our app, you could listen to it all day. It's like all different stuff comedy, music, every kind of music you could like or want to know about. You can learn. It's actually fairly educational, but mostly entertaining. Okay, there you go. So uh, I've got a really fantastic uh, artist on today, Chris Boers, and uh, we're going to talk about his solo show, which is up at Art During the Occupation Gallery, um, which is... uh, Christopher Stout's project, Christopher Stout. Shout out to Christopher. And it's up now through, uh, I don't, what, when is it up through? Uh, it closes on Sunday so, at five o'clock. Oh, okay. Well, that's more reason why everybody should come to the party on Friday night, this Friday night. I'm definitely going to be there. Chris, Chris, you're going to be there, right? Definitely. Okay, so it's 6.30 to 8 p.m., and it's at 119 Ingram Street in Brooklyn. I also, you know what, so anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I did want to make a little point because I went to my stepson's wedding this weekend, and it was fabulous. It was in Texas. He married an awesome uh, female. Uh, she's great. She he she, they are really a good they're good for each other i've talked about them before and like how they both make a really good big effort with their relationship and how much more mature it is than mine and my husband's i've talked about this but on the way back we visited in texas we visited a friend of ours who has an artist who has stage four uh colon cancer who we love dearly and uh, is doing well right now uh, but I just wanted, you know, I, I, I noticed when I was there, and I want you guys to think about this, like there are a lot of artists and creative people who are not, we think of maybe people without health care as just as more um, people that don't have, you know, jobs or uneducated or stuff like that. But th- there's a lot of very educated artists who are not getting health care. And when you don't get health care, you don't have preventative medicine. And preventative medicine is really important for all of this stuff. So uh, I'm not telling you to do anything to like get out of your basement or get a job or anything i'm just telling you like that's where our society is fucked up and i just want to point that out so that we don't uh forget about it all right there is my finger wagging chris is my finger wagging is it i'm not sure but did you hear about that guy who was living in his parents house and the this parents sued him yeah that's awesome okay. right yeah 30 years old yeah yeah well thank god that my stepson got married and moved out before all that happened. 
anyway, so I want to, uh, we're going to get right to uh, Chris Bors. Uh, so his show is up right now. And uh, I want to tell you a little bit about, a little bit about Chris. He's a New York-based artist. So he, and he uses graphic post-pop conceptual work that features, I'm trying to like get this to you without like reading it and making it sound pedantic, but it, it he uses a lot of pop pop art images. One of his classic images is Mickey Mouse giving the finger, which I think you got in high school or somewhere. Yeah, I had that uh, from high school and I actually used to publish uh, small press comic books and also zines and things in high school and even before that. And uh, somebody gave that to me and it was originally a graphic that you were supposed to put on somebody's car. Uh, Can I curse? Fuck yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, the, the original graphic, it came with a little bit of text and it said, hey, fuck you. You don't know how to park or something uh, like that. Um so I took that part off of it, but I've had that ever since I was 15 or 16 or something. And it's this grungy photocopied sort of um, really low quality drawing of Mickey Mouse giving the middle finger. Yeah, it's really great. It's really great. So he uses. Um, so anyway, so Chris uses a lot of uh, logos from hardcore punk bands, uh, political advertising t-shirt images so so think of like comedy versus heavy metal imagery but done as like these really fabulous very graphic very original paintings and he he coined the word the term virtual virtual dumpster diving to describe the practice of taking images and videos of the web so uh anyway you should just come and really see the show and he it I I could get into explaining it but you can also look it up on my I just posted right on my Facebook page the whole you know just go look it up because I'm not going to describe paintings to you on the air it's not worth it to anybody and the work is great you don't take my word for it do your own fucking research you lazy assholes oh I can't believe I'm saying that must be must be the energy in the room. Thank God Chris is still smiling at me. Okay, so here's a little bit more about Chris Bors. He was born in Ithaca, New York, and he received his MFA from the School of Visual Arts. And I did research and found out he got, also got a BA from RISD, which he never mentioned. Actually, no. You didn't? No, you no. You did graduate I did, there? No, no, no. I did study there, but I didn't. I actually went to um, University at Albany, oh. SUNY. So. so did you ever meet my old roommate Dagmar Frinta when you were at RISD? Mm, I wasn't there very long. I only, mm. yeah, I took classes there, but um, it was, I had an amazing experience, but I basically used that as sort of a, um, like a finishing school to sort of get my portfolio together to ah. go to grad school. Oh, so that worked. Yeah. It really worked. So anyway, here's some of his solo shows. He's been exhibited widely. Uh, Randall Scott Projects in Washington, PS1 MoMA. That's a big deal. White Calms, that's a big deal. Bronx Museum of the Arts, Tilo Fine Arts. Shout out Michelle Tilo. Ca- Casino Luxembourg, Luxembourg, Berlin, Germany. And his work's been reviewed in the New York Times, Time Out, New York, 
uh, Vogue Italia, Zing Magazine, Brooklyn Rail. But also, beyond that, Christopher, Chris, I keep wanting to call you Chris. You can call me Christopher. That's I know, no. but I know you as Chris. Yeah, and yeah. now I'm reading this, I'm thinking, Chris, he's Christopher. All of a sudden, I've gotten really formal. Um, he's also a very, Chris is also an extremely well-respected art writer. And he... I mean, if you look at the resume or whatever, there's like a whole bunch of stuff that just recently, not like 10 years ago, recently he wrote for Art Forum. He's written for a lot of other stuff. And he's also written a lot on music uh, and in uh, Thrasher, which I don't, I don't know enough about that kind of stuff to even, but you guys maybe do. Anyway, so his, his, this solo show that's up now is called American Jesus, and it's titled after the Bad Religion song and presents new paintings using bold graphics and text commenting on our current political com- climate commodification trash culture and personal obsessions so here here's here is that i did it that's great <laughs> yeah that, that, that worked good, that worked yeah yeah, yeah you, it's a mouthful but <laughs> it was true i told you the truth <laughs> i have corroboration unlike some people but anyway so the thing is is that uh i this is what I told Chris and I agreed this is what we were going to do I, I'm not springing this on him really too much but so um, here's here's the thing the person that I've known Chris I don't even like remember when I met you do, do you it seems it's like it's been a while like maybe the night was it the 90s the odds I don't remember yeah, I'm not I'm, sure I feel like I always sort of saw you knew you encountered you at various openings or had mutual friends and yeah. then and then we just started talking at some point and we were like, oh, yeah, this person is. Yeah. Whatever. Somehow we. I think, you know what? I, think I don't really remember. We both are really good friends with Eric Doringer. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think of you yeah. as somebody I got to know through him, like somebody who I knew who you were. But so anyway, well, I'm going to tell you my impression of I'm going to tell you, you people at home, my imp- or wherever the fuck you are. Uh, you know, out in your boat, probably, you know, um, in the Hamptons, who knows where you are. Uh, but I'm going to tell you my impression of Chris Boars, which is very different, uh, from what I think inspires his work. And we're going to talk about white male masculinity a little bit. So uh, I don't, you'll just stick with, just stick with me. So the thing is, um, is that my impression of, of you, Chris, uh, Chris, people is that Chris and I told him this before that he seems extremely like smart and very intellectual and very very thoughtful and a bit maybe like there's obviously his him the way he presents and his work is really really different so he seems like a very gentle intelligent deep thinking white guy straight white no I don't know if you know straight but white guy okay and you don't um and so from doing this research and all this stuff like i'm digging into it and i'm realizing like there's i've known him for years and years and years and i never really talked to him about the fact that he's married i mean i kind of maybe knew that he has a kid um and then i also found out a lot of stuff about his masculinity from his his the way he presents and how macho the stuff he uses in his work is like 
I'm just going to tell you like about two of his videos. You can find out about this and then you'll understand the examples and then we'll actually have this conversation. So one of his videos is called Slayer, 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 which I think was done in the 90s, Chris. I believe so. I'm, I'm, it might have been early 2000s. I have to look on my website. Well, it's yeah. a long time ago. It, it, the the actual year is fine. Uh, we don't, you don't need to know. Yeah. But anyway, so it's all about how uh, Chris telling the story and playing Slayer, you know, that band, that heavy metal band. And 2003. 2003. And uh, it's a story from his high school years where he went to a Slayer concert and you got to ride with people you didn't know or something. Yeah, it was pretty them. insane. And then you took LSD for the first time and then you had to drive them home. And then your dad, you were afraid you, everything worked out okay, but like you were afraid, you know, your dad didn't recognize that uh, you were tripping and that you had just driven a bunch of people home that you didn't know and you got away with that. But anyway, and then <laughs> this other thing that that um, I can't get over is this video you did called Modern Day Cavemen where you lived in the Islip Art Museum for, for nine days. You lived there 24 hours a day. And what you, so that's really amazing. And the way that you did, the way that he did it, folks, is, you know how you did it. The way he, the way he did it was he was dressed in a cave, in caveman attire and did not shave, shower, or talk to museum visitors. And it seemed as if that was to, um, to make a statement about the basic instincts, sexual desires, and everyday living practices that humans continue, continue to exhibit despite emotional, psychological, and physical health problems. So there's another, so there's a side, so will you agree with this hypothesis then, Chris? There's this, the way you present is, I'm going to say almost mild-mannered, and the way that your work is, it's very aggressive and very masculine. Does that make sense to you? Have you yeah. heard this before? Um, I think it can be perceived as that and it, at times. And I, I remember having a studio visit once. I had a short-term studio at LMCC. And mm-hmm. I remember a particular dealer that I was trying to, um, you know, wrangle and get him to look at my work. And he had known like the earlier sort of some of my performative stuff. And then when he saw my newer work... Uh, he was kind of shocked and, and because there was at some point, um, you know, I kind of had to condense it because I had so many different ideas with my work, with, with video, with, um, photo based work, audio work, what have you performance. Um, but he was kind of shocked that there was this other aspect of like the, the hardcore punk music culture. And, um, yeah, he, he was sort of thinking me, as that I was more of like a conceptual performance based artist. Um, and he was kind of, yeah, he was a little bit not taken aback, but he was just, you know, he didn't realize that I had this background of this sort of, I don't know, like what you said, like hyper-masculine or aggressive, um, you know, interests like in pop culture, such as hardcore punk or pro wrestling or things that I sort of were really influential to Mm -hmm. me as a, when I was um, younger and even up until now, like I'm not jettisoning that mm-hmm. background at all. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting and how like there seems to be a lot, you know, you're definitely somebody that people respect and are, and you know, 
have a very highly visible profile in the art community. But how come we don't know about your wife and your kids? Where are they? You, where, where are they? Why don't we see them? Um, I think I kid. Yeah, in general. Um, well, when my son was younger, actually, we did take him out a lot. He still comes to openings. Um, how old is he? He is six, mm-hmm. almost seven. When we were first, when he was younger, we used to. I mean, we took him to. Uh, see the uh gosh what was it uh um uh, a retrospective at moma like when he was just born um so he's been he's oh, been pre-verbal de Kooning, de Kooning, we, we took him to de Kooning retrospective a few weeks after he was born um so he's been out and about um my wife is a painter um keta iwinidu shout out to keta iwinidu um she's from cyprus so she's a greek cypriot um, she is, you know, very supportive of my work and she ha- also has her own practice as a painter. Um, sometimes we, we travel in different circles. I think as you grow as an artist, you have to, and, and when you have other responsibilities, you, you also have to sort of pick your battles. Like you can't necessarily, um, you know, you want to support your friends and, right. and you want to go to openings of your friends and what have you. But you also, when you have a child, you know, sometimes you have to split up from your partner and say, okay, like I'm going to go out tonight ah. and you can, you know, go to your friend's opening the next ah. night and, and kind of, or, or, you know, you can, um, Oh, you need a babysitter. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah. You well, just need, you need like a, you need like, you need somebody to move in and just take care of the Like kid. a full-time au pair would be good. Yeah. Then you guys could hang it out. Might be together. a little expensive, but yeah, I mean, we do, we do go to things, um, mm-hmm. a lot, but I'll, I'll move in. Yeah. But we, <laughs> we definitely, um, you know, it's hard. I mean, you do have to make choices. Um, like during this past year preparing for this show, I didn't go to as many openings, of course. Right. Uh, so so your wife has um, like her painter friends, different friends? I would say she has her own circle. Uh, we have so, we have a lot of crossover, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's done some curating with some of her friends in the past year or so, like at spring break. So, um, you know, at some point you have to sort of find your own tribe. And I right. think there is definitely some crossover. But um, but I think when you're younger and you just sort of are like new to the scene, you just kind of like, oh, let's check out everything. Let's go to every opening. And mm-hmm. and and you're always if you have a partner, you're probably with them all the time seeing everything. And mm-hmm. that just gets exhausting after a while. <laughs> you no know, kidding. you yeah. can't just see everything. Well, you got to do your own work. Let's put it that way. So she has different. She has. um, But do people. Are people surprised like when they meet one of you, you know, and they find out that you're married? Are they surprised? Do people, oh, I didn't know you're married, didn't know if you had a kid. Do people, do you hear that sometimes? Like people listening to this that are going to be, I didn't know Chris was married. Yeah, I've been ma- I've been married for a while. How I mean, long? a long time. Um, we just talked about it. I think um, it's uh, surprising, actually. We were married in um, 2000. See, there's probably all these people going, no wonder he never hit on me at those art openings. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird thing. And, and I think... Um, That's a long time. My wife though. and I, I think we've sort of been conscious of the fact that we do, you know, we travel a lot together, but I also travel by myself a lot. We're both very strong-willed, independent people. Mm-hmm. And we, we're, not, um, we're not always like hanging out with each other because 
we all we have a lot of um we have a lot of similar interests but we also have a lot of different interests mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i and i think um it's important to have your own life even when you have a child or even when you're married you need to sort of have this distance yeah i i totally agree so you've been married 11 years then is that it no no what did you say 2001 or 2007 two, two, uh 2000 2000 you've been married 18 years wow. i think so december of 2000 so almost holy or something. shit holy shit wow see i didn't know that uh so people don't always know that, but, but I mean, are people surprised? Are they like, I didn't know you were married. I didn't know you have a kid. You know, they don't see that. Well, we were, I think, I mean, we were kind of avoiding, you know, the, the having a child for a while, um, because it seemed like, you know, we wanted to travel. We wanted to, mm -hmm. um, focus on our work, um, mm -hmm. on our work. When I say work, I mean, art, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but also, uh, yeah, you know, it's weird. I think when we were married, when we first got married, I think those first few years and, and now I don't think people think it's weird. You know, the art world is a weird thing. It's not no, like, no, I'm saying like they know you, but they don't know your wife or they don't know you're married or have a kid. Are they surprised? They're surprised. They're like, oh, I um, know. Sometimes, sometimes. But what I, what I was going to say is I think when we were younger, I, I almost think people were more maybe more surprised like when I was oh, living really? in Williamsburg or whatever, because it seemed like it was just more of a, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you guys share, do you guys share like housework and child work and stuff oh, like that? Yeah. Do you have conflicts about that or you're pretty good about that? No, we're, we you work that out. Oh yeah. That's yeah. A big, yeah. That's a big it's, thing with two artists. We each work really yeah. hard, um, yeah. taking care of our son and, and dealing with, with different aspects of that. Well, that's good. I'm it's glad to hear a mutual that. I'm glad to hear that, folks. Thanks. Uh, so, um, let's find out where your where your masculine influences on your art come from. So, when did you start? Uh, when where where did the art bug come from? You know, it's interesting. It definitely uh, relates to underground comic books um, and graphic art. I I had a uh, a very early experience to underground comic books as like right around as a tween so like when most people were reading like x-men and what have you um i was getting into sort of like the more um some more like literary comics like will eisner's the spirit thing um i was reading the comics journal which was especially at the time i don't know what it's like now but it was this very like heady so you intellectual were very, thing yeah you were very intellectual about that yeah definitely and i and i got really involved with um self-publishing my own comics like, like in high school even before in middle school. Whoa. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I actually saw, um, shout out to Dennis Kitchen, Kitchen Sink Press. Um, he, he published the Spirit Magazine and, and many underground comics in the, in the 70s. Um, was that considered, uh, very precocious? Were, were your family, was they were like, what the hell is our kid doing? Look at this. You know, I think they were supportive. I don't think they, um, I think there were, there were a few instances where, um, like for example, I would right away to kitchen sink to buy like an old back issue of like the spirit magazine. And one time they sent me an issue of, um, like Omaha, the cat dancer, like X-rated, you know, <laughs> underground awesome. comic or whatever. And my Perfect. mom's like, Oh, what's this? You know? Um, 
So that so did I she, did she find out in that in that did you get to keep it? I didn't actually. Um, I was quite young. I was probably thirteen or something, and I had this X-rated comic. Perfect age. Um, and I, you know, soon after that, I did start collecting underground comics from the sixties and seventies. So I was really influenced at a very young age by like R. Crumb, yeah. S. Clay Wilson, um, uh, Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers, shout out to Gilbert Shelton, all the sort of like classic underground cartoonists. So that was kind of, um, mm-hmm. that happened at a very influential time. So I didn't think anything of, um, and, and what I was going to say is I, I bought, the whole reason I got into publishing when I was so young was because on vacation I found this old, well, it's not old now it's old but it was brand new at the time was the underground comic price guide by this guy jay kennedy who unfortunately i believe has passed but it there was an essay by dennis kitchen and he was just talking about like oh if i had never you know started self-publish or publishing i would have never done blah 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 and he was kind of like encouraging people um and there was another guy in the west coast clay geardis i mean this is a very like very few people even know so you about knew about all this stuff. So were you publishing it at home? I was. I like was on a, I was well, I was going to the local copy shop and I would, you know, do like old school mock-ups and then just have them photocopied and stuff, but I I it got pretty advanced at some point. Like They must have thought you were really they must have gotten a kick out of you there. Did you know those guys? Was that your scene? Um, you know, it was a fairly suburban um kind of you know, scene and it and it wasn't really um I think Ithaca is weird because there's there were there was like some cult, cutting edge culture mm-hmm. um but you had to sort of you definitely had to seek it out you mm-hmm. know I mean there was a really cool club the haunt which had a lot of uh good reggae and occasionally um mm-hmm. like punk and stuff like that not really most punk shows we had to go to Syracuse um but there was a lot of stuff going on in Ithaca because of Cornell Right, right, right. It was very progressive, and and mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say the copy shop that I went to was so progressive, right? Um, but but they were it was Ithaca, but they well, Ithaca's, but Ithaca's where Cornell is. Yeah. So I want to get into your background. I mean, it seems like so. I'm gonna. It seems to me like you have college professor parents or something. So where you no, grew not up at all. In, you grew yeah. up in Ithaca. Yeah. And uh, so. What did your parents do? You know, it's funny. It it would seem that way, but my dad was actually um, worked for most of his life um, as uh, as doing like uh, he was kind of like a rate manager or what have you at a utility company. So he was doing. Um, it was more like mathematical. Um, did he have a college degree? Did he study math? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a master's degree from Syracuse. Um, and he, but he's all, he's, he was, his job was analyzing, uh, statistics statistics and rates and things like that for this utility company. Mm-hmm. So I really had no idea what he did other than the fact that, you know, he went away every day to this job and, you know, uh, I mean, I knew where his office was. I knew occasionally we would hear like bits and pieces about his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so was it like one job for years and you're, you know, it was mostly yeah, the same job. Very yeah. Stable very stable. Job. Very stable. Yeah. And um, what about your mom? And my mom um, for like, I would say up until I think maybe middle school or so she was um, she was a stay at home mom and raised three kids. And then I think right before, I think around middle school, she went back to a public job and worked in the school system. And she worked for many, many years as, um, 
as a library assistant at a great uh, school in Ithaca, like for so a, an they, elementary school. They sound like um, very, um, you know, responsible, um, very good. Yeah. Nice, decent, you know, really good people. Decent, like, you know, no bullshit, you know, down to earth people. Right. Yeah, they were. I mean, were they? Did they take you to art museums or anything like that? Not so much. I I think. Uh, did they have like hobbies? Were they creative in any way? Um, my mom is leans more toward the creative side. My dad was more about like. I mean, he was good with his hands. Like he could build things, and and mm-hmm. and and he was really more of a mechanic. He's really into like motorcycles, and he rides oh. observed trials, which is a very like kind of niche sport um it's kind of like a weird niche sport that a lot of people don't even know about um yeah and uh it's basically like it's it's kind of like enduro but it's you it's much slower like it's it's about does it not, involve motorcycles it is but oh, you, so yeah. he's really into motorcycles yeah which is a really manly manly thing yeah totally. was he a manly is he is he a manly man um i think he has his sensitive side but he definitely um is comes from sort of like you know comes out of a generation sort of like the greatest generation very um you know patriotic and and my, both of my parents grew up very sort of um you know like working class like they grew up in Endicott and Binghamton mm-hmm. New York and and very family oriented mm-hmm. and sort of Are they Republicans or were they I maybe um you don't yeah, have to say yeah. but maybe they we are. don't talk about politics much let's yeah, put it that way okay, yeah and then so are you the middle or oldest I'm the youngest you're the yeah. youngest interesting and so brothers sisters two older sisters and what did they do uh one of my sisters works at a university press and oh. um my other sister uh she basically she's like a manager um at uh, I don't want to call out her company or anything, no, but no, um, not, not yeah, on this she works in the she works in the um, insurance industry. Oh, so they they're they sound a lot more, let's say, traditional. Um, my older may- sister may be a little bit mm-hmm. more traditional. Yeah, mm-hmm. my my other sister is definitely very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So um, they're both have been great over the years, like both very supportive of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, they both came to my show oh, in bet. D.C. a few years ago, yeah. which was awesome to have family there, especially like when you're in a city and you don't know anyone like you're in a, a new city. Right. You know, it's not New York. But where you're, you're the fr- artsy kid. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they must really appreciate that. Yeah, they've been very supportive. And, um, you know, they don't always understand everything. Right. And but they always try to, you know, um was your family religious? You guys go to church? We were. We were. Um, up until high school, I went to church almost every Sunday. Um, it was kind of, I wouldn't say that was, I mean, it was boring. Yeah. But um, I, I did go to Sunday school up until, I don't know, middle school or something like that. And that was, yeah, that was kind of horrible experience in some regards, I think. Um, maybe horrible is not the right word, but it just seemed like a huge chore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and when you get older, you start questioning things and and or not, I guess. But, you know, no, I mean, that would be the time if one was to question things. So but um, was religion a big part of your family or just integrated in there or um, what is it? Pro- pro- 
Protestant? Uh, yeah, Roman Catholic. Um, Catholic, Catholic. Yeah, I mean, I think I did make a video about that. I mean, I think the whole thing about it, it I mean, it, uh, you know, I mean, this would be like a, you could do like a four hour podcast about religion, but it, um, <laughs> you could. It, it just seems so, <laughs> it just seems so, um, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of hypocrisy, of course. So it's not really relevant to you now. I mean, it's influenced yeah. you, I'm sure, right? Um, yeah, no, it has. It has. Um, I think it just seems a lot of times. Um, I mean, I th- I'm, I'm, you know, a shout out to everyone who is religious and sure. it helps them on a personal level oh, yeah. and what have you. Um, but I think it can also be manipulated to do um, a lot of evil in the world. Yeah. You know, so sure. it can be a real slippery slope. Um, and it, you know, people just seem like they can kind of be religion has to be used cautiously and with, and with discretion. Um, let's, let's, let's do our station ID now. What do you say? Awesome. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and get people to go to the show. Um, that's radio free Brooklyn is presenting. It's, um, a night of dreams, which is going to be at the footlight bar, which we love. Have you ever been there in the footlight bar? It's a great bar. It's on, 465 Seneca Avenue in Ridgewood starts at 7 on um, f- on 528. I think that's, is that a Monday? I'm not even sure. That's not good that I don't know. But anyway, 528. And uh, it's all about uh, these people doing their favorite dream roles. So I know the host of the show uh, is uh, John- Jonathan um, Lerner, and he's fabulous. And uh, him and his and, you know, people. So we organize the show. It's like a cabaret show and it's going to be people doing their dream Broadway roles. His show is great. And uh, you guys should check that out. Thanks for listening. And you're listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here with Chris Boers, who currently has a show solo show up at Art during the Occupation Gallery nearby in Ridge in um God, what am I saying? One one nine Ingram Street. And they're having a party there tomorrow night, six thirty to eight. So come by. We'll be there and we want you to check out his work. And back to Chris. So we decided that religion is something that can needs to be used carefully but i wanted to know more about your high school years and were were you interested in art as a little kid or how did that um, or was it just you realized did you draw did you do any of that stuff you know it's funny i honestly i mean we were talking a little bit about this before the show started but yeah i mean i always there's there's a real sort of i don't know if dichotomy is the right word but um i wouldn't say i was like overly artistic i was really into comics and and drawing my own comics and 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 kind of making my own things like i was really into mad magazine and and cracked and stuff like that so so Um, you were really inspired by your um exposure to comics and music too i think right um yeah music did that come later it a little bit i Mm -hmm. i would say that um i really started getting into when I say alternative, I don't mean like alternative rock, but I would say alternative to pop. Um, I really started getting into like underground music as a freshman mm-hmm. in high school um, mm-hmm. when I got exposed to to punk rock and hardcore mm-hmm. and 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 metal that wasn't like mainstream metal. Right. Like I, I don't think people 
um, I mean, a lot of people like older people may not even realize this, but, but like a lot of younger people, it, it probably will, bl- would blow their mind to know that, you know, I mean, older people know this or people that have been around the music yeah. industry, but to know that like bands like Metallica were really underground at one point, sure. I mean, they were not, you know, played yeah. on the radio. They were like, I mean, they, they became so you, popular quickly, right. but it was, it was not from radio so exposure. You knew, you knew about them from the old days, from the beginning, from the um, beginning, you or know, like not, where, where'd you get your music? Yeah. Not from the very beginning. I mean, my, my sister, my older sister was, was pretty into music. Um, but, but definitely not like harder, heavier music. Um, I was super into Kiss when I was little, you know, because they were like so theatrical. Um, that was probably like my exposure to sort of like hard rock. Funny. Um, a little kid with listening to Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you put makeup on? Did you try that? Did you imitate it? I think I only did maybe one Halloween, Peter Chris, the drummer. Uh Um, I have a picture of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they were a huge band. Um, they were sort of like on the downswing probably by the time right. I got a little bit older. But, right. but, um, a friend of mine actually was, uh, one of his cousins was the drummer, um, who passed away. Um, not, wow. not the original drummer, but the second well, drummer. Still. And, and we, I remember we were trying to like get backstage and somehow we couldn't, uh, you know, wow. like his, his family wasn't. Uh, they didn't have enough pull. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. But um, sh- so was that? Did that seem rebellious, or what did your family? Did you? Did you? I was think, your family aware of it? Or I how think did that- it wasn't. I didn't realize how. Re- I wouldn't say again because now, like because of social media and and because now metal is really. I mean, it, it's not that it wasn't popular, but it definitely like took a downswing in the nineties. But like metal and underground music now is huge. Um, no, but I'm saying. But at the I'm time, it was scary. I'm saying I mean, like what was I'm wondering this? Is what I'm wondering? I'm wondering if um, okay. So now now I'm just like um. So here's my assumption. My assumption is that uh, maybe your family was restrictive. In certain ways, maybe I'm. Um, I think I tried to hide you, some of the more and, blatant and aspects. This was a way that you could express yourself. That's what I'm. Wondering. Yeah, I mean, I think I tried to hide some of the more blatant aspects of the culture that I was um, sort of sucking up very, you know, quickly, like mm-hmm. a sponge. Like whether it was, you know, pornographic comics like Escalade Wilson or Robert Crumb or what have you, or whether it was, you know quote unquote like satanic music like early slayer was super satanic and and um mm-hmm. you know a lot of like satan references and things like that um i'm wondering if some of this was like a rebellion to um being you know to your religious training or something some of it definitely was i mean did, I, did I that think, make you angry was there some anger in there i mean not that not 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 that it makes sense to be angry, but just emotionally we get angry at shit. So, like, do you think maybe you were angry about and disappointed that maybe religion wasn't what you thought it was supposed to be that you were taught? Do you, do you think that might have had something to do with it? I think so. I mean, I think just like when you hit reality, the reality of the world, which is very harsh and just, um, you know, you sort of question everything basically like mm-hmm. how can all of these you know things take place in the world um you know if there's this invisible man who we're, <laughs> we're placing our trust in um that's that's a you know part of a slayer lyric i, I mean it's it's really wow, um see? jesus saves you know there you go um and and the name of your show now um teenage american jesus american yeah. jesus yeah yeah, I mean that comes from a bad religion song, um, yeah. which is almost twenty years old. I think that song, but it's totally 
Um, I almost feel like it's uh, it could be written about you know Trumpistan. So, did you ever did you ever have a talk with your parents about religion, like saying like how could this be true or any of that? Did you ever think to talk to them about it, or did you do you remember having any kind of thoughts or discussions about that? Um, not so much. I think you know as soon as I hit high school, I basically just said, yep, I'm going to sleep in or, you know, I just stopped going, um, to church. Um, and I don't think we ever had any deep discussion about it. Um, in a way, I think, um, I think a lot of people in society now would be much better off with like, well, I don't know, maybe that's not true, but, but, you know, just like let people live their own lives in in, in an almost like don't ask, don't tell thing. Like, Hey, if you want to believe that fine, but don't infringe on my right to believe or not believe or what have you, like whatever you want your lifestyle to be. Yeah. Um, Did you, did you feel like were your parents when you stopped wanting to go to church, were they like, okay with it? Or did you feel like, yeah, they never pressured me really. I think, um, you know, I think, I think religion again, it, it can be, it can be very comforting for people, um, especially yeah. like, no, we're not, you know, yeah, I mean, um, we're not even debating. Yeah. yeah. There's no debate about that. I mean, religion, you know, it's like everything else. If, if, if it, if it works and it helps you in any way, then that's great. You know, anything can be perverted, you know, anything right. can be perverted, but did you feel like a split with your family? Like, did you feel like, Oh, they believe in all this stuff and I don't. Um, well, my, one of my sisters, like I said, was, was very, you know, very like left wing progressive, whatever. So I kind of related to her more, I think during those years of sort of, you know, moving away from, um, moving away from, you know, the old guard of like my grandparents and, Um. and being very traditional and, and, um, that sort of what have you. But I always sort of disrespected everyone for doing their, their own thing. You know, I would never, you know, I didn't, right. you know, right. I didn't want to like, but you, but your sister kind of opened a path up for a you. A little bit. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Especially like in college and, and what mm-hmm. have you, like, I didn't think it was like, I didn't feel like an outcast or anything. So what were your high school years? Like, like who were your friends? And, you know, they were pretty rebellious. Um, I was, uh, I got good grades, but I, I was, I was, I could be kind of, a. um, you know, I, I kind of got into a group of, of kids that were like really into metal and, and punk and, um, and, uh, and I also actually, um, was really into sports. Um, I, I wrestled, which is a super masculine thing. Um, and that was, I, in a way, um, you know, I've, I, I did injure myself quite seriously in college doing that but um you were on the wrestling team in college? I, I was for three years wow it was pretty intense Did you guys know that about chris Bors? it was pretty intense yeah we used to actually work out with olympic athletes at albany wow. so it was pretty intense you, you, it was it was yeah well they were there working out and we often would would work out with them and um so yeah i had some pretty um, hardcore training partners that were, it's, 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 I would say other than boxing, it's probably like one of the most brutal sports physically. Um, you know, it's, people don't realize, I think how intense it is. Like, because you have a live human trying to kill you. Yeah. Does it feel like that? Does, does um, is it a good way to express anger? Do you think, you know, what I was going to say is looking back on it, um, in a way I'm glad I was really active in it in a way because I think it could have been easy 
to fall. This sounds ridiculous because, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, I was definitely no angel growing up, but I, I definitely think, um, like some of my friends really got sucked into drugs and alcohol, fast cars. Yeah. Yeah. Fast cars, fast women. Um, no, I, I really think, um, you know, the culture in Ithaca, it's easy to sort of get sucked into, um, like, I don't even know what to say, but, but it's kind of like this drug infused haze of, of, I don't even know what it's called, whether you're in the metal scene or the, or the sort of hippie scene or whatever. I mean, I saw a lot of my friends, um, one of my friends actually wound up, um, getting killed in downtown Ithaca, um, and in a very horrible accident, um, well, it was called an accident, but it, the guy basically, it, the guy got, I think, manslaughter charges against him. They they went after him for murder, but he he owed like a hundred dollars to a guy for a bag of weed, and and the guy whacked him in the back of the head, mm. and he and he wound up dying because he hit yeah. the pavement. So I mean, those were your friends. Well, or the, or that I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that was. But you were exposed to that. Yeah, you no, were he was a friend of mine. To a but, lot of stuff. Yeah. So um, it's hard for me to picture you as that person today. So were you? Did you seem like a different person then, or would I think I've, so? Would I've seen a different person? Um, I think so. What, yeah. What do you think? What would that? Can you describe what would be different, or what that person was like, or what was different? Um, about you? you know what? A lot of it, I think, is just from experience. Um, and I think a lot of it is from you know, uh, reading, traveling, um, you know, just, just education. Uh, and I think a lot of the problems in our society now are, are based on the fact that people don't progress from, from who they are, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not totally, um, okay with everything, you know, that I did or, or was no, no, when I'm I was just a trying to teenager. Picture, I'm just trying to picture yeah. like, were you, cause like one of the things we were talking about is that I want to get to is that, um, in the time we have 15 minutes, we have 15 minutes so we can do this. Um, but anyway, so like the thing that, um, you know, as a white guy in the art world and all that, and, um, you're not, um, you know, you're, you're one of the ones that we like. <laughs> meaning that you know you you're very um you know intellectual you know you seem smart and gentle and not the kind of guy that would ever like you know harass anybody or anything like that and um the like but your work like i was saying seems kind of has a macho overtone as some macho overtone and you don't have that when when the way you present and then so I'm wondering if that was something that you might have exhibited more of in college or if you in high school, if you ever like the days that you're talking about, did you seem like a tough kid? You know, um, that's one of my I think. Thoughts. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I changed a lot my senior year when I just became more accepting of of whatever. Um, alternative lifestyles and, and just, um, just opened my mind up and was like, Hey, we're all here, you know, on this mm-hmm. planet and, and everyone is equally, um, should be equally accepted. Um, n- you know, no matter, um, you know, uh, skin color, sexual orientation, did, what have you. Did, did you used to feel more like uh, angry and judgmental as a high school? I think kid? so. I think I think you know when you're when you're in a suburban sort of upstate like central New York 
town. I, I talked to the artists once. I don't know if you know Corey Archangel, who's quite yeah, well I know known. Who that is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this. Like, I mean, I think his his wife or girlfriend at the time um, was saying, like, was we were sort of talking about, like, well, why were kids into this, like, you know, super aggressive music like Slayer um, at the time? This kind of like super heavy, super aggressive, macho sort of. Um, you know, music. And, and I think part of it was your, well, part of it is maybe just boredom or what have you, but you're trying to sort of see your way out of this world and make it to, um, you know, get out of the suburbs, get out of whatever and sure. make it to a bigger city, make it and, and somehow say to yourself, like, there's more to this, um, mm-hmm. than, than just what's on the surface. Um, but you know, like I said, I don't want to totally jettison that. And, and I totally respect Mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. that world and that culture but um i think at some point you do have to grow whether that's through travel oh, or yeah, education or but not everybody yeah. does so no 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 i mean you know well you've obviously grown so much that um it's aroused curiosity as to where where wh- who, what was what is what was that where does it come from you know right. what i mean um so did you get in fights a lot or anything mm no, I wouldn't say so. I think. Did you pick on kids? You seem like this. Is what I'm going to say, and I'm not right. Yeah. I'm saying, but you seem like you feel guilty or bad, or maybe you have. And I'm not saying you should. Um, you're just a kid, but it sounds like maybe you mistreated some people in high school, or did some um, things that you don't feel so good no, about. No, I, I only remember. I think you've um, made up for it since. I've no. Yeah. Doubt, so. No, I don't. I don't really remember. I don't really remember getting into fights or anything like that. Um, I remember once picking on a kid who was picking on another, like, smaller kid. (laughs) Like, you can't pick on a little kid because, you know, like, but that was sort of a, um, yeah, that was sort of a weird thing, like trying to teach a kid a lesson for picking on someone else that was younger than him or whatever. Did you have to lie about what you were doing or where you were going or things like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... um, life was much different back then. I mean, when I, when I teach now, I tell kids like, Hey, you know, having like no cell phone was awesome because you could just disappear for a whole day oh, sure. and no one would have any idea where you were, Sure, you know, what about drugs and alcohol? Was that part of your high school experience? Definitely. But what I was going to say, er, yeah, no earlier, what I was going to say is, um, in a way I, I really wish I had done more with music and, and, you know, more creative things than, than wrestling. But in a way, I'm glad I got into it because I think that kept me, although I did, oh, ex- right. it, although I did, you know, a lot of experimentation with drugs and alcohol, um, like a lot of teenagers do. I, I think that the, the commitment level needed to be an athlete. Um, and especially like a wrestler, you know, you can't like, um, you have to be careful or you're going to get killed by somebody, you know, you can't be like hung over really or, or, um, you know, you have to be sharp, um, sharp and you have to be in shape and, and what have you. So in a way, I'm glad that I didn't fall into the trap of just like constantly being stoned all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But did you take like, you know, you LSD. Well, yeah, I guess you took LSD. Not in high you, school. Not in high school. Not Did you high smoke school. pot? Yeah, or yeah. Anything yeah. else? You don't even have to say. Uh, no, not yeah, really. Just, just mostly just, like pot and drinking, like yeah, normal, yeah. like normal bad kids. Yeah. You weren't a bad kid though, were you? Mm, did you have bad kid friends? Some, you know, I think kids did get. 
I think I was on the fringe of these two worlds and I think some and I was able to navigate it in a in a smart way. And I yeah. think that's what my work also is about, because it's also like you kind of have to be into this world of like punk and hardcore to see um, like I'm really into it. Like I've, yeah. you know, I've written about it. I've gone to hundreds of concerts. I promoted them. I'm, you know, I have friends and bands that are, you know, well-known bands and stuff that I'm, um, that appreciate what I'm doing with my art. But also you also have to be somewhat removed to make art about it because otherwise then you might as well just be making like a t-shirt yeah, or, right, um, right. Yeah, you know, but it's but I think even back then I was like on this weird dividing line between, mm. um, you know, I don't even know how to say it, but but sort of I think it's self-awareness. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, I don't want to go too far into a certain thing because then you can, you know, not that there's anything wrong with getting too far into punk or metal. But I'm saying, um, you know, with with some of the the more dangerous aspects of some subcultures. Um, like I saw a lot of my friends or, or people that I hung out with, you know, get really in trouble with drugs. Oh, um, really? you know, like yeah, hard drugs. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there was a kid who I know now has, uh, that we grew up with that, you know, got really into heroin or, mm-hmm. you know, that had serious drug addiction issues. So you knew, you, you were around people that were taking heroin or you knew people. That- um, I don't think I knew about that in high school. Mm-hmm. But I, but I knew there were a lot of people that seemed like, I mean, a lot of these people, thankfully, have, I've learned now that ha- some of them have really, you know, completely made a 360. Um, sure. But at the time, oh, it, I, at the time, you know, and when you're a kid, you're just kind of like, I mean, you're not going to do an intervention necessarily. No. But you're. Why would you even you, think of that? Wow. You know, see that? That's what I'm saying. But, it, but it's weird because looking back on it, there were some kids that really had a lot of problems you know and they were they were using drugs to escape from those problems but you seem like an an innately thoughtful person you know and um intellectually curious i think that's innate and you also seem um like very you know pretty driven and hard working and productive like you know making those magazines zines and all that stuff so you had that probably by nature to sort of thwart all the bad stuff that could have gotten out of hand. I think, you know, you're sensible, you're innately sensible person with probably a good foundation from your family. Um, So was there any particular, was there a turning point? Was there like an incident or something that you said, like, I don't want to, I'm going to like, that really affected you that got you away from wanting to like, um, you know, I had a couple older friends that were, uh, that were really, you know, that sort of were really nice to me and, and sort of were like, you know, uh, they were a little bit older than me. Um, but at one point, one of them got into some trouble with the law. And, and I remember, um, that was sort of a turning point. Like, I don't want to, you know, be in a situation where it's going to affect me in a really bad way. Uh, you know, I didn't want to go down that path. Let's say, let's put it that way. And, and that were like some of the people I were hanging out with were sort of like on the fringe of potentially, you know, going down that road of, um, you know, some of it was like pranks or, or stuff like that, that they would do. But then as you get older, you know, it becomes, 
it doesn't. Well, you're not a, you're not like a twelve year old, you know, lighting something on fire. Right. You're an adult doing something. Even really though there was, up. did you hear about that teenager who threw the smoke bomb into the cat? Uh, he was just like the judge is making him pay thirty six million dollars in restitution or wow. something. Yeah. No. He he threw a smoke bomb in a in a somewhere. Uh, I can't remember what state it was but but he caused this wildfire or something i think he wow. was 16 oh i think i did hear about and that it's just insane well, good they yeah he learned yeah that could have been you know but uh so you so one of your friends did they get arrested or something i don't know or yeah i mean i think but they, you were witness to that did that I, affect I, you mm, i think it might have been it might have been like right when i was about to go to college i can't remember but mm-hmm. but but, um, you know, again, like Ithaca, uh, because of Cornell and whatever, when you were younger, you could, you were sort of like part of this college scene, even though you weren't in college yet. Right. And there was a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, people had older brothers and sisters that were in college and what have you. So you were sort of exposed mm-hmm. to a lot of this culture mm-hmm. and, and, but that wasn't what they got in trouble for. Like, but, but yeah, I think, um, you saw you saw some demonstrations that it could have gotten in a in a way that wouldn't have been good for that you didn't want to go down. Yeah, I mean, I think we realized You're, like, okay, yeah. now it's time to grow, grow up, and, up and and how about girls? Did you date a lot or not really? I think I really didn't. Um, you know, actually, in especially in middle school, I was super shy. Uh-huh. Um, I think I only had like one girlfriend in high school. Uh-huh. Did you meet your wife in college or how did you meet her? Second year of graduate school. Oh. So yeah, at SVA. And she's Greek? She's Greek Cypriot. Yeah, she was born in Cyprus. Her family wow. still lives there. She's had several exhibitions over there of her work. Oh, wow. Um, so you've been to Greece a lot. Have you Greece and Cyprus? Yeah, oh, I used to, we used cool. to travel a lot through Athens. Um, mm-hmm. There's a great art scene there. Mm-hmm. Does does she she speaks two languages? Yeah, she speaks Greek, and and our son is uh, he's bilingual. That is so fabulous. So anyway, we have a minute and we have yeah a minute and a half left. So I want to make sure that we. So I'm like totally, you know, I your show is really fabulous you must feel really great about it yeah i'm i'm super happy i worked really hard um i think there's 16 paintings a Um, lot of work really beautifully hung though like just the right amount and and um i think you know you guys gotta show up and see this stuff and did is it great to see all that stuff it's probably inspiring you to even so you made all that work and now are you going to be thinking about your next body of work or is that where you are kind of? Definitely. Um, I think it just put me on the right track to continue working and, and uh, you know, I think it's just great for people to see images and kind of get the work out there and, and people, because I think people have seen my works in bits and pieces. Right. And, and, you know, I've shown around a little bit, but this is like, I would say this is like my first major show actually mm. of painting. So Yeah, I mean I've seen your work around for years, but I could see I could see that well, you know, as our old friend Annie Heron, you must have known her. I knew from I met her. I met her. I always like to quote this what she says, which is which I learned very early on from her, which is showing your work changes your work. And I think that's really, really true for everyone.